0: Good morning. During World War II, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of England, he was forced to make a life-changing decision. You see, the British, they had just broken the, um, the Nazi secret code. They informed Winston Churchill that the Germans were about to bomb Coventry. So with that information, Winston Churchill, he had two choices. One, to evacuate as many people as he could possibly do out of Coventry. But if he chose to do that, then the Germans would know that their code had been broken. Or Winston Churchill had another choice, to take no action. Let them bomb Coventry, keep the information flowing from the Germans so that they would know what their next move would be, and hopefully in the future, they would save more lives. So Winston Churchill had two choices. The choice that he chose was number two, take no action. Sacrifice the lives of his countrymen in hopes that in the future they'll be able to save more lives. Life is full of choices. Life is full of choices. Some are easy. Some are difficult. But we are all Americans here today. If given the options, choices, we don't all choose the same. We don't make the same choice, the same decision. So, how does one make a decision? How do you go about choosing? How do you make a decision? There are a couple of things I do that I'd like to share with you. I'm sure they're the same as you do when you try to make a decision. One is uh, I look at all the options, look at all my choices. Then I do a to-do list of pros and cons. And then I consider the consequences. The second thing I do is I look beyond the moment. Don't make a decision when you're emotional. Don't make a decision when you're emotional. Think long term. Think weeks, months, and years into the future of that decision that you're fixing to make. And a third way I go about it, how I make a decision is, I look to God for guidance. I look to God. I seek God. I pray and I ask him to show me. And then I wait. If you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ here, you should never make a decision without this first. You should never make a decision without getting your face in this word and say, God, show me what I need to do. You and I, we've seen family members and friends make poor choices, bad decisions. And some of us have lived our lives because somebody else made a bad choice. Look at your options, your choices, look beyond the moment, and look to God for guidance. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Scott Morton. I'm the uh, pastor of Connections here also, the senior adult pastor here at Westwood Baptist Church. It's 2022. You think back in 2019, you remember that far? 2019. Westwood was moving. We were booming. We had three services. 2020 come along. I believe there's a cameraman, a few staff guys, and Pastor Kenneth right here preaching to all of you that are watching from home. 2021, we started kind of coming back. We started coming back. Some people did not come back. It's 2022. Time for you to choose who you will serve. If you will, turn with me to Joshua, the 24th chapter. The 24th chapter of Joshua. We've already heard Grace eloquently display that today from Noah's Ark. Uh, Children's sermons are not just for children. I saw you—you were were taking notes from her sermon. You were drawing pictures. You were taking note. I saw you. Children's sermons are another way of getting to us. You may not have known that. I may have just um, shared something that you did not know about children's sermons. But we're going to look at um, Joshua, the twenty-fourth chapter. Start at verse 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us up and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among the nations to which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Verse 19. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord to serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you. After he had been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. This morning, I got three points to share with you. Three points. After each point, you will have to make a decision. You will have to make a decision. See, I've already gone through this exercise. I've already gone through this sermon. God has beat me up for a month. I've already gone through this. When I say you, I mean you because I've already had my time with God. I've been here two years, and today I believe the honeymoon is going to end because I may say some things to you today that's going to offend you. I may say some things today that's going to hurt your feelings. I may say something today that's going to get you to think. You may want to meet me in the parking lot when I'm going to my truck. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you now that I love you. But Pastor Kenneth, he really, 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 really loves you. But Jesus loves you more. (laughs) And that's why I'm going to tell you today what you need to hear. I'm going to tell you what I've been told After this morning, you have to make some choices. And how your life turns out from here on out, from this day forward, how your life turns out from this day forward all the way into eternity is up to you. It's all on you. You know, we're raised to blame somebody for our bad choices. We blame our parents, we blame Alabaster, we blame our schools, we blame everybody. But today, you will have no more excuses, because you have heard what God has wanted you to hear, and you had to make a decision, and you will make the decision. I will not make the decision for you. You will make that decision. Father, please, help us realize this time. It's time we make our minds today, make our minds up today. So please move in this place, move in our hearts, move us closer to you so the world knows that there all there is to know about you and your unconditional love by the way we walk, by the way we talk, and by the way we act. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, we've got three points. You had to make a decision. The first one is choose the life you will live. Choose the life you will live. Just think about that, that statement. We, we have choices. God gives us the ability to make up our own minds, to think and to do what we want to do. Every day we make choices. Every day we make decisions. What to wear. Some of you really thought about what you wanted to wear today. Some of you, that looks good, and you, you put it on and come to church. Some of us, we'll make the decision today what we're going to eat. We choose our friends. We choose our careers. We choose our spouses. There's some things in life we don't choose. We have no choice whatsoever. We didn't choose our birth parents. We didn't choose the color of our skin. We had no choice. But the choice that makes me, it just makes me shake to to my whole core, is where we spend eternity, whether it's going to be heaven or hell, that choice God leaves up to us. The most important decision that you ever make in your entire life, you have a choice. You can choose to take this life that God has given us and live for him. You can take this life that God has given you and serve him or serve him not or choose him not. There are several characters in the Bible, where we know, that had to make a choice of how they're going to live. Think back to Noah, Noah in the ark. One man against the whole world. One man trying to be righteous. Everybody else should just say, forget that. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And they did. What about Abraham? Lived among pagans. God said, I want you to get up and move, and don't stop until I tell you that you're already there. Okay. He followed him. What about Lot? Lot's wife had a choice how they wanted to live. What about the rich young ruler? He had a choice. He had everything. Everything, but something was missing inside of him. He tried to plug everything in there. Something was missing. He went to Christ and said, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him what he needed to to hear, what he needed to know. And what does the Bible say about the rich young ruler? He left sad. We know about the woman at the well. She was ashamed, broken, broken. Christ met her that day, and she had to make a choice how she's going to live the rest of her life. These are only a few of the people in the Bible. The Bible is plenty of people we can read and learn from them. I told you before, if I haven't, I'm going to tell you right now. The best advice I ever got in the military was learn your mistakes from somebody else. It's a wise man learns, a good man A smart man, there we go. uh, I'm lacking there. But um, the smart man learns from somebody else's, um, learns from the old mistakes. Let me just be right The best advice I ever got in the military this year (laughs) says um, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from somebody else's. We can learn about life by reading God's Word. what is it that makes us, inside of us, want to blaze our own trails? Want to do it our own way? And in some cases, we want to live without God. What is it about us? Yeah, that's a lot. What is it about us that makes us want to do that? Because we can. God gives us the ability to choose for ourselves. It's called a free will. You have a choice. You have a choice of how you want to live. People are determined to do it their own way, set out to prove everybody else wrong, set out to live it all up. I want to live it all up. And after poor choices, they'll never live it down. Those of us that are parents and grandparents, raise your hand. If you're a parent or a grandparent, raise your hand. When our kids, we're raising our kids we taught them a lot about God. And when they get older, we talk to God a lot about them. Because we're watching them do the same things that we did, and we don't want that to happen. So we try to talk to her, we're blue in the face, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, because we've been there, we've done it. A smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from somebody else. Learn from me. Decisions we make determines the course of our lives. Decisions that we make today determines the courses of our lives. My life in high school, my life in college, my life in seminary, my life in in the civilian world, working my life in the military, my life as a pastor, I have seen people make one bad choice. At first, it looks like a little ripple in the water, and soon it turns into a tsunami, destroying their lives and famous lives along the way because of one bad choice. Before I move on to number two, point number two, if you're here today and you're one of those that made poor choices in your life, You probably feel like, I'm done. There's no hope for me. There's no um, restoration. I blew it. We've all blown it. It's by the grace of God I'm able to stand up here today and look at you. And look at this camera here, those who are watching this online. All because of the grace of God. That's it. All because of the grace of God that you're sitting here today. That you came back today. If you're here today and you feel like you've blown it, think about once again some Bible characters in the Bible. Think about David, a man after God's own heart. But what did he do first? He committed adultery, and then he murdered. But after he got his life back with God, God said, That's a man from my own heart. What about Peter? Peter, James, and John. Those three were close to Christ. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus forgave him. Peter forgave himself. Fifty days later, he's standing behind a pulpit preaching, and 3,000 people get saved. If you think you've blown it, we serve God's second chances. We're all here today because God gives us a chance. We give up on each other. We give up on family members. We give up on spouses. We give up on everybody. But God does not give up on us. If you feel like you're blown today, you have not. And look at Apostle Paul. Oh. Apostle Paul. Persecuted Christians. Hated Christians. Even killed Christians. But when Christ got a hold of his life, he turned his whole life around. He wrote half, majority of the New Testament. You may feel like you've blown it today, but you have not because of God's second chances. I want you to see that today. I want you to feel that. I want you to embrace that here. I want you to know that you can choose the life that you want to live. Sometimes we get so caught back up in 1982, we have never lived the day since 1982 because of some bad choice that you made in 1982. Look at how much, we're in 2022 now. I'm not good in math either. Thank you. 40 years, and you have not lived one day because you're stuck in the past because of one bad choice. We've all made bad choices. God forgives. The devil will not let you live it down. So if you want a new life today, you want to live, you have a choice today to choose how you want to live the rest of your life. Point number two, and this is where you're probably going to get mad at me. Choose the God that you will serve. Choose the God that you will serve. In verse 14, if you look in verse 14, it says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Now. That word now. Or if your translation, whatever your your reading is for, it may be therefore. And we all know, Pastor Kent told us, when you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what's it there for? Well, I'm gonna tell you what's there for. You have to go back to chapter twenty three and all the way from first to twenty four up to the pastor's scripture today, it starts with verse fourteen. All up in the past areas, Joshua he says, Hey, this is my farewell speech. It's my farewell speech. He got the leaders together today and he said, Hey, I want you to know that, hey, whew. let me read the first one. here. says, Verse 20, chapter 23, verse 1 says, After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua by them was a very old man. He summoned all of Israel, the elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. Now in verse 14. What's it there for? Joshua told all those, the around. he said, listen up. We're now in the promised land. This is my farewell speech here. I said, hey, we, we, we have made it. By God's grace, we have made it. All your enemies are away from you right now. It's a time to relax, enjoy life. But I want you to stick close to God. I don't want you to associate with those countries that worship idols. I want you to hold fast to the Lord your God. If you choose to serve another God, God will quickly make this rest, this peaceful moment vanish, go away. So basically, like Gracie, she stood by a line here and said, it's either my way or the highway. That's what God was saying. A lot of us, we don't like that. We don't like what God said. It's my way or the highway. God knows what's best for us. That's why he says this. That's why he gives us the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions, the Ten Commandments. You can choose to live the life that you want to live. Now you need to make a choice. Who are you going to serve? Chapter 24 Joshua's was about 110 years of age. I don't know what I'm going to look like at 110. He was 110. He knows he's dying. He said, hey, this is my last shot here. I want to remind you of where we're at. We're in the promised land. How we got here and what we must do to keep our place here. So when I share this with you, I want you to visualize everything I say about God right now. So this is what Joshua said to them. Because this is what God said, Joshua, just tell the people about me. So God's kind of bragging on himself here. He says, this is the promised land, the land that God promised to the Israelites many years ago. Now that you are here, they remind you of how you got here and what you must do to remain here. It was God that heard the cries of your ancestors while there were slaves in Egypt. It was God that called Moses to lead the Israelites out of bondage. It was God that made a way when it seemed like there was no way. When your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles and your cousins all had their backs against the Red Sea when Pharaoh was coming down to kill them. It was God that made a way when it seemed like there was no way. It was God that parted the Red Sea and set your relatives free. It was God that turned the tables on the Pharaohs and his men. If that wasn't enough, God said, listen to this. It was God that fed millions of your fellow Israelites every day by dropping something from the sky for you to eat. Millions of people got something to eat every single day because God decided to drop something from the sky. For 40 years, they wandered in the desert. For 40 years, God said, hey, your clothes did not even wear out. For 40 years, can you imagine that? Can you imagine for 40 years wandering in the desert, your feet did not even swell? It's because of me, not because of anything you did. You did nothing to deserve this. I got you to the promised land here. I got you here. I want you to stay here. But if you choose to serve other gods besides me, the consequences of that decision. So choose the God that you will serve. And Joshua, he told them, say, throw away all your idols. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. The word fear is not to be cowered down, to be afraid of him. That's not what it's all about. You need to respect him, give him reverence for who he is and what he can do. So you see right now, when Joshua gave that speech here, it's an exciting time for the Israelites. They have finally got to the promised land that God promised them many, many, many years ago. It's time for them to, to have hope, blessings, and prosperity. God has set them up for this. Now, it's also as much exciting time for God's people. It was also a very dangerous time for the Israelites when they want to let down their guard. Now, they have a choice to make. And now they see, they remember, well, our ancestors, some of them worship false gods. So it's a dangerous time. It's a good time for the Israelites. Also, it's a dangerous time. It's also a dangerous time for us here and for the church. We are seeing a church develop an appearance that is more and more like the church of Laodicea. More and more churches look more like the church of Laodicea than they do God's church. You know the church of Laodicea, God says, you make me sick. You make me want to throw up. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. The church of Laodicea had everything it needed. They were healthy. They were wealthy. They had everything, everything except for the presence and the power and the glory of God. If we come to church at Westwood Baptist Church here and we leave God out of it, I'm not going to be here. You can come here and drink your coffee and sit in your church here, find your favorite spot, get somebody out of your spot that's in your favorite spot. You shouldn't be here either. If the word of God is not preached from this pulpit, you should not be here. If someone's not offending you or making you feel uncomfortable, you don't need to go there. There's too many other churches to choose from. If you want to go and let someone make you feel good, everybody gets a trophy. There's plenty of churches like that. But if you want somebody to say, I love you too much, or let you die and go to hell, this is what I need to tell you. After Joshua reminded the people what the Lord had done for them, like I told you in verse 14, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Verse 14 also has a word called serve. That means to work and labor. Now fear and serve the Lord with all faithfulness. That word serve, this word I'll fix will to make you feel uncomfortable. If you're not serving here at Westwood, if you're not serving here at Westwood, why not? There's some people, there's one guy gets here way earlier than we do make a coffee for you to enjoy at your 8 o'clock life group. Those crazy guys, the door greeters that you see every single Sunday. You look forward, when you park your car, you look, at, oh, they're here, and you look forward to seeing them. They'll hug you. You know them. They hug everybody. If you're not serving here at Westwood, why not? I need you. I'm not ashamed to say I need you. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to put you on the spot and say, if you're not serving here at Westwood, why not? I need you in the parking lot. There's people that join Westwood Baptist Church because of the first impression. When they got the car, somebody is out there and say, Hey, welcome. You look like a visitor here. And they walk them in here to the information desk here, introduce them to somebody. They walk past those two guys at the door that they see every week and say, Hey, these guys are right here, first impression. These guys are gonna love on you and welcome you to Westwood Baptist Church. And then if you want to feel really relaxed here at Westwood Baptist Church, we got a cafe. I can use you in a cafe. I don't drink coffee, but I can pour coffee, I can make coffee. I need you in the parking lot. I need you as door greeters. I need you to serve the Lord. If you're not serving him, why not? If you feel uncomfortable in your seat, just shift a little bit. For the past month, I've shifted a lot when God was telling me like it was. In verse 15. This is another thing that's shocking me. I, we've, we've heard Joshua 24 before. But look at this verse here, verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself. Joshua said, Hey, you got a choice. I'll tell you who I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's who I'm going to serve. But you can choose for yourself. If that guy, that guy doesn't float your boat, find something that does float your boat. You got a choice. Choose. If the Lord isn't desirable to you, then choose whom you will serve. Here, Joshua is given a choice, an option. Here, he's not saying if you choose, but you you must make a decision. I told you from the very beginning, you're gonna have to make a choice you got to make a decision. What kind of life do you want to live and what kind of God do you want to serve? Joshua, he wasn't afraid. He said, hey, if you hadn't made up your mind yet, Israelites, who are you going to serve? Follow my lead. I know who I'm going to serve. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what a leader looks like. That's what a leader sounds like. A leader knows a way, shows a way, and goes away. If you're following somebody that's not taking you to Christ, you need to quit following that person. A leader, a true godly leader, knows a way, shows a way, and goes away. And that's what Joshua did. You're leading people every single day. Where are you leading them to? This past decade, I've seen people, you've seen people, I've seen um, people come out of the closet. They come out of the closet. They're gay, homosexual, they're a lesbian, there's transgender. They're not, they made a choice. They're not afraid to say it, they're not afraid to show you who they are. We have church members afraid to even raise your hand, afraid to acknowledge that you are a believer or follow Jesus Christ. They may make a decision during invitation time, but they're afraid to walk 20 feet here and say, hey, I made the greatest decision of my life. I gave my heart and life to Christ. They won't say that, but a homosexual say, hey, yeah, I'm homosexual. I'm gay. I'm lesbian. I'm a transgender. I'm a guy. I got muscles, but I want to be on a girl's swim team. Okay. Okay. One piece or a two piece. That's crazy. One thing I miss about being a Navy chaplain, they didn't play church with me. They did not play church with me. My first duty station with the Marine Corps, I had 1,100 Marines. I was the only chaplain. I'd come into work every morning early. I'd have a line of people that wanted to talk to me, wanted advice, wanted some counseling. If they were homosexuals, they'd say, hey. I'm a homosexual. They would admit it. If they cheat on their spouse, they would admit it, confess and say, hey, help me. If they were doubting their salvation, they'd say, hey, I- I'm wrestling with this. Help me. We have churches where people play church all the time. I only see you four hours a week. I don't know if you're playing church with me or not. I don't know if your worship is genuine or not. But God knows if your heart is right, if you're playing church or not. Back to this sermon here. Although there was no outward or public idol worship permitted from the Israelites, many of them secretly held on to worship of false gods. That was practiced Egypt by the previous generation. Serving two masters, God would not deal with that. Serving two masters, God would not deal with that. There's a Chinese proverb that says, he who chases two rabbits catches neither. If you're trying to chase two rabbits, you're not going to catch any one of them. Matthew six twenty four says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. Gracie, can I, can I get some water here? I'm talking more than I anticipated today. Thank you, ma'am. Verse sixteen and eighteen. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna get you out of here. You you're gonna you're gonna beat some of these churches to, to lunch today. So I'm, I'm gonna have, We only have one service. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sixteen and eighteen. Then the people answered, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. Talk is cheap. They say, hey, we're going to serve him. We're going to serve Joshua. We're going to serve the Lord God. In verse 19, A good leader. Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he had been good to you. Is that shocking? Did that make some of them mad? Joshua just said, like it was. You're not able to. Now, outwardly, they were following God, but deep inside their hearts, they're idolaters. Joshua said that they could not continue. You have to decide whether you're going to worship those idols or the one true living God. You must decide today. Immediately, you need to make your choice. So why challenge the people and their faith? Why call them liars when they promise to do so? Because Joshua is the leader. God's speaking through him. God's telling him. And Joshua says, hey, I've been down this road with you a long time. Talk is cheap. But action speaks louder than words. I think it was before Thanksgiving, I'm not sure. My sister-in-law and my wife, I told them this story. This um, church overseas was having church. They were overseas having church. And during the middle of the service, some gunmen with masks and weapons came in and took over the service. Took over the service. Blocked every exit here. And the leader came down next to the pastor and he took over. He told me, he said, hey, if you want to live today, if you will deny Christ and get up and leave out this door right here, you're free to go. You will not be harmed. Anybody, right now, if you want to live another day, you just get up right now, deny Christ, and you walk right out that door. One guy got up. He went. Here comes another one. One man got his family. All of a sudden, they started going. Handful was left. The leader of the gang, he got them together and said, I want you to come right here together. And they got together here and they prayed out loud. Some were crying. He told the guy, He said, Lock the door. Then he took off his mask, laid down his weapon, and said, Now let's have church. If you were there that day, would you have walked out that door? How long would it taken you to get up out of your seat and walk out that door? Deny Christ and forget it. I ain't doing this no more. Who? Which one of you would have gotten up and went out that door? You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to tell me. Your lifestyle already tells it. If you come to church once or twice a year, pretty good chances you're going out that door. If you come to church... One time a month and you think you're a regular attender, Our Father of Jesus Christ, pretty good chances you're going out that door. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I wish I knew, looking at all of you, I wish I knew where you're going to spend eternity. I wish I could just go through the row right here and just look. But I don't know. But what I do know is every one of us within 100 years is going to be dead. We're all going to be dead. And we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. You don't know how you're going to die. I don't know how I'm going to die. But I know that I'm going to die. And the next place is heaven or hell. Some of you in this room, you're going to die of a car wreck. Chances are some of you in this room are going to die of a heart attack. Chances are, some of you are in this room are going to die from an unknown virus that's never been thought of before. It's going to pop up on the screen, and you're going to die alone. Some of you are going to die young, and some of you are going to die old. Some of you will die lonely. Some of you will die young, and some of you will die real old. And some of you will die because you say, I stand up for Jesus Christ. You can kill me right here on the spot. I'm not leaving him. He has never left me. I'm not leaving my Lord and Savior. Some of you in this room here, if you would die right now, you know exactly where you would go. You, You would go to glory. There's not a doubt in your mind. Is that you? I know some of you in this room here, you know if you would die right now, you'd bust hell wide open. Is that you? I know some of you in this room here, you've been going to church all your life. You've got a Bible. You know some Bible verses. You may be a member of a church. You may be a member of Westwood Baptist Church. But you're not sure if you were to die where you spend eternity. Is that you? You've been wrestling with this doubt for a long time, but you haven't done anything about it. You feel uncomfortable every time you come to church, especially when Ken's preaching the gospel, when Rick Swain's preaching the gospel, Rick Callahan's preaching the gospel, Corey Ellis preaching the gospel, David Johnson when he's preaching the gospel. You get uncomfortable because you're not sure, but you do nothing about it to take care of that doubt. Is that you? And lastly, I know that some of you here have no doubt that when you die, you're going to heaven. No doubt whatsoever in your mind. What I'm afraid is that some of you are going to be shocked when your time comes. When you take your last breath, it's going to rock your world. Because your lifestyle, your life, it doesn't measure up to God's standard. What's wrong with us today is we're measuring our life with the world's standard. Instead of measuring our life with God's standard. So some of you are going to be shocked when you take your last breath. You think you're going to go to heaven, but you're not. And the reason I say that so boldly is because Matthew seven twenty one through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow. Does that make you feel uncomfortable? Is that you? Like I said earlier, life is not a trophy. Not everyone gets a trophy. You know? there's Everybody in this room here, we're going to two places. You're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Choose this day whom you will serve. I need to move right along here because I'm losing some of you. But verse 21, 22 People said, Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. This was the response that Joshua wanted, a commitment. So choose this day how you will live. Choose this day who you will serve. And three, choose this day what impact, what legacy you will have when you leave. Choose the legacy you will leave behind. Verse 23 and 24 says, Now then Joshua said, Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord and God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. What does a life of obedience look like? If you're a man or woman of God and you're living a life of obedience and he calls his shots and you're serving him, you're going to legally leave a legacy. You're going to leave a legacy. My mother told me many years ago, she said, Scott, when you die, the only thing you'll be able to take to heaven is your children if they're saved. Legacy is about what I'm going to leave behind. What can I do with my life now that will outlast my life? What am I going to do now that will outlast my life? I want my kids to know the Lord and serve the Lord. I want my grandkids to know and serve the Lord. I want my grandkids kids to know the Lord and serve the Lord. That's what I want to leave behind. What are they going to think about me when I'm dead and gone? What are they going to think about you when you're dead and gone? Where do you spend majority of your time on the weekends? If you spend more time at the ballpark, chasing awards and scholarships and a pro contract. Or do you spend your time at church making sure your family is under God's teaching? Growing Letting us invest in you so you can go out and pack your world for Christ. What kind of legacy are we leaving behind? I'm almost through. Choose the life that you want to live. Choose the God that you want to serve. Choose the legacy you want to leave behind. With the temptation for them to wander spiritually, Joshua's whole message can be summed up in Joshua 23, verse 8. Hold fast to the Lord your God. Hold fast to the Lord your God. I can't stress it enough that enough is enough. It's time we as Christians get off the fence. It's time we look more like Jesus than this world. It's time we get on our knees before our holy God and take sin seriously like God did. It's time that when we say we're Christians, then we act like it. It's time if we proclaim that Christ is Lord of our lives, then we live like it. If we say we can trust God no matter what, we need to trust God no matter what. This has been a crazy year. 2021, you can't wait till it goes away. But if you're going to live the same way you did in 2022... What difference did it make if that ball dropped from the sky there in New York? I guess they had a party in New York. I guess somebody showed up, celebrated. I went to bed for it. ball dropped. Trust him in this crazy, mixed up, ungodly world that we're living in today. Trust God in and through this pandemic. I've got to say this. Do what you got to do to feel safe. But live out your lives. Don't be afraid of dying that you aren't even living. If we die, we die. What is wrong with that picture? If I'm going to follow Jesus Christ and I die, I'm going to heaven. What's wrong with that? If I'm going to die of a pandemic, I'm going to die of the pandemic. If I'm going to die of a head-on collision with somebody, I'm going to die of a head-on collision with somebody. Don't be afraid, so afraid of dying that you're not even living. There's people dying and going to hell all around us, and we're afraid. If those people don't hear the gospel from us, who are they going to hear it from? If you're looking for a purpose in your life in 2022, get out of your house. Wear your mask if you have to. Find somebody and ask them where they're going to spend eternity. Enough is enough. You've heard God speak today. You have all the information needed for you to make a life-changing decision. All the responsibility lies on you. No more excuses. It's 2022, time for you to choose. Time for you to choose the life you will live. Time for you to choose the God you will serve. And time for you to choose the legacy you're going to leave behind. All right, impact point. Oh, gosh, you can't wait. To... They've already put it up on the screen. Thank you. I don't even... What time is it? I don't even know what time it is. It's time for impact. How to outlive your life? Hold fast to the Lord your God. You look at that capital F, capital A, capital S, capital T. F, in 2022, this is how you should live. Hold fast to the Lord your God. F, forsake all other gods and idols. A, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. S, serve God and others. T, trust God no matter what. If you want to make a difference in 2022, it's time for you to choose. Time for you to choose.